Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. out and let's uh let's jump in to um today's teaching last week we started this this series called those people how many of you have those people in your life anybody yeah okay and uh probably if you didn't raise your hand then somebody was raising their hand about you um but those people are the people in our lives that kind of get on our every last nerve um travis a little bit crazy uh, they're, they're, they're critical. They're controlling. Last week we talked about those that are overly needy, right? People that just kind of, they're, they're like a black hole. They kind of suck the life out of it. Or they walk into a room and it's like, life sucks out of the room. Um, and, and, and we weren't being ugly and we're not being ugly, but here's what we know. We're all that way sometime, right? We're all the needy one sometime, but we have to learn how to deal with it. So God's been really dealing with my heart. On the idea, and there's a proverb that says, where there is no ox in the stall, the stall is clean, right? If you have horses or you have animals, you know exactly what that means. Got no animals in there, it's nice and clean. But guess what you need to create a harvest? You need the oxen in the stall. And that's what the proverb says. The reality being is that if you're going to create a harvest, you're going to have oxen in the stall. Guess what those oxen are going to create? Cock-a-poo-poo-tee-tee, -tee, right? There's not good stuff. And that stuff has got to be dealt with. Right? So, so what we're talking about in this series is how do we deal with people in a healthy way? And, and today specifically, I want you to really work hard because today we're going to talk about a particular subject that honestly, we're going to not only have to figure out how to deal with others, but every single one of us needs to look in the mirror about this one. So this one's kind of a twofer because today we're going to talk about manipulation. We're going to talk about controlling and manipulating one another. How do we deal with people who are manipulators? And how do we be careful ourselves that we're not being a manipulator? Um, so I, I heard another, another joke made me laugh this week. So uh, this, this uh, up in heaven, there's two lines. I don't know if you know this, but there's two lines up in heaven. One of the lines, the, the sign says, men whose wives controlled them. And, uh, and at that line, there's just men. I mean, lined up as far as you can see. And then there's this other sign over here, and it says, men whose wives did not control him. And there was one guy standing there at the thing. And St. Peter, he looks over, and he, he goes over to the guy, he goes, hey, hey, um, do you realize what line you're in? He said, look, man, my wife just said, shut up and stand in this line. 
It's been a problem since the beginning of time. Us manipulating one another, trying to control, trying to control every situation. Come on, anybody out there admit right now you've got maybe a little bit of a control issue? Anybody? Okay. All right. So the rest of you, I hope to convince you by the end of the the sermon today that we all really, like I like to tell my children, God loves you and I have a plan for your life. Right? I mean, we we want to control the situation. It's been going on forever. Some of you guys remember the story of Samson and Delilah? Right? Samson's strength was his hair. He had long, gorgeous locks, right? Um, and, and he would not tell her and would not tell her what the secret was. Judges 16, 15 says this. And then he said to her, how can I say, how can you say, this is her talking to him, hear these words. And, and, and I wish I could do her voice. How can you say you love me when you won't confide in me? Come on. Most of us have said something kind of silly like that or, and, or heard it. This is the third time you've made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such, what's the word? With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was, I love the choice of words here, until he was tired to death. Anybody ever been tired to death? Yeah, be careful, man. You're sitting, come on. Some of you men were like, (laughs) and you weren't thinking. She's right. Anyway, um. She's going, I'm tired to death every day. I just don't say it. But anyway, but it's been an issue that's going on in the Bible over and over and over. Do you remember people trying to control and manipulate Jesus? If you read the stories, there was, he was, they, was, they were constantly trying to manipulate and control him. Maybe you remember the time Peter tried to manipulate Jesus. We're going to look at that today. And Jesus actually ends up calling him Satan <laughs> because he's trying to manipulate and, and control him. Herod, you may remember there's a character in the Old Testament named Herod. And so Herod's stepdaughter dances before him, right? And between the alcohol and the lust, Herod enjoys it way too much and says, I'll give you up to half of my kingdom. When she goes back to mama, they conspire. And that's how John the Baptist died because they asked for his head on a platter, right? So this thing of manipulation and control, it's dangerous. It's really dangerous. And my, my point is, is all through the Bible, we meet controlling, manipulative people, right? It, it, it's, it's something that we're just going to deal with, controlling and manipulative people. And we also have to recognize that we've been manipulators as well. Come on, somebody. So today, let's work on recognizing when we are being manipulated, but also deal with us not being manipulators ourselves. Does that make sense? We're going to kind of, we're going to kind of do twofold today and kind of do that. But let me tell you some common tactics of manipulators. Because if we're going to be good at recognizing, maybe we need to have some simple knowledge and just right. And you're going to know these things, but it's different when we kind of talk about it and say it out loud, so to speak. So some, some common tactics of manip- manipulators. Number one there you can fill out on, on the first blank is flattery. Flattery. Right? So, um, Apparently, I have a manipulation issue. Um, several years ago, I went back to a summer camp that I grew, grew, uh, grew up going to. And there's a bunch of kids. We grew up together at camp. We've known each other for years. And uh, so some of my friends called and said, hey, we're kind of having a little reunion. Will you come? And I drove back. And, and yes, the camp I went to was named after a bishop. And he had an interesting last name because the camp I grew up going to was called Camp Weed. Okay. 
there was no funny stuff, but that was the name of the camp. So I go back to Camp Weed, visit, and um, and so one of the kids' moms is there, and she's older now, you know, senior or something. And I walked up to her and I said, um, I said, and I hadn't seen this lady. I mean, literally, in probably I don't know, maybe pushing twenty years. And I and I walked up to her and I went, "Look at you, lady. You hadn't aged a bit. You look fantastic." She goes, "Mike Matheny, you are still full of crap." And I thought, and I couldn't think of, help but think of that story to think of. We do that, like flattery, like when somebody's flattering us. Oh, that brown noser at work, that suck up at work. Come on, somebody, right? That that type of scenario, that flattery thing. Number two that we see as a common uh, tactic of manipulation is threats. Threats, right? If you leave me, then I'm gonna, right? Or if you hang up on me. Or, right, this, this, I thought I could count on you, but I guess not. Like, now I'm gonna have to do, these, this is, this is a, a classic scenario of manipulation that we have to look at, recognize, and deal with in a healthy way. Number two, I mean, number three, sorry, is guilt. Guilt. After all I've done for you. Come on, parents, we gotta be careful on this one because we do this one to our kids. Right? And listen to me, there's a difference between leading and manipulating. It got real quiet up here in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> right? Like there's a big, big difference. And, and employers, those of you who have people under you, managers, right? Dads, leader of your home. We got to be really, really careful. I can catch myself doing this exact same thing. After all I've done for you, obviously you don't love me. Right? These type of things. We've gotta, gotta, we've gotta understand and we've got to figure out how to break the power of manipulation in our lives. The power that it has over us with other people and certain people in our lives and the power that it has in us being unhealthy in the way we deal with other people. So let me give you a, a kind of a simple thing. This is not in your notes, but I kind of added this later. Someone who manipulates, listen to me, uses emotional means to get their way. Okay, manipulation ties to emotions. So if we're trying to mess with their emotions or stir them a bit, oftentimes we're seeing manipulation. Listen to me, persuasion, which is what we're supposed to do. Like, I don't know if you realize this, but your job, one of your main jobs is persuader. God left you here to persuade people about the truth of who he is. You understand? Persuasion is what we're supposed to do, but persuasion uses logical means to achieve its goal big, big difference for us to kind of watch and be careful um, in, in, in how we're dealing. So I want to talk this morning and, and I'm going to do it just like we did last week. I'm going to give you three prayers to pray just like we did last week. Three simple prayers to play. Pray for us to recognize it and break the power. It's, it's critical that we are led by the spirit in our lives. And here's what happens. Listen to me. If you're letting someone manipulate you, then you're letting them have the control that God is supposed to have in your life, right? And so we need to break that. If we're supposed to walk by the Spirit and we're letting someone manipulate us, we may be making decisions based on what they think as opposed to what God thinks, right? So let me give you some prayers for us to pray this morning to consider as as we work on this part of, of being healthy in our relationships. Number one, God, help me recognize when someone is trying to manipulate me. Let's start with the basics. God, help me to recognize when somebody is trying to manipulate me. Often, we don't recognize it. 
right? Because we've been in a dysfunctional relationship for so long that it's normal. And isn't it amazing how we can look at someone else's life and go like, oh my God, their kid is just working them over. Or that person at work is just like playing them like a fiddle. And yet it's so hard for us to recognize it in our own life. Right? It's, it's, it's so hard for us to, to stop and, and to be able to, to recognize this. So I want to show you, I want to go into that, that, that story that I, that I was t- referred to earlier with Peter. It's in Matthew 16, 21. It says this. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law. And that he must be killed and on the third day be rose, rose, risen to life. Raised to life. I can read. I really can't. Raised to life. And so, I mean, picture the, 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 the immensity of this moment. Picture the reality of this moment where Jesus is, I mean, he's explaining the end. And I mean, I can almost picture like some people are like jaw open. Some people are going, I don't, I don't know about all that. Or maybe one of them's leaning over the other. Did you get that? Did he really just say he was going to all this? And then Peter. And Peter does what so many of us happen to do. And we let other people do in our lives. Verse 22. Peter took him aside. Whoa, 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 whoa. Keynote. Manipulation is hard in groups. So when somebody pulls you aside, your, your, your antennas should go up just a little bit. Do you understand? Because if it's something that can't be said in front of the group, how come it can't be said? Now, sometimes you need to pull somebody aside for reasonable reasons. But I just, I just want to point that out to you that Peter pulls him aside. Because Peter's like, ah, let me talk to you. And it's almost, I mean, picture this moment. How often do you and I get so full of ourselves and what we think is right or what we think is the way something should go that we would actually be like Peter and pull God to the side. Oh God, let me explain something to you. Think through that thought process. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. He rebuked Jesus. Peter, you're dumb, dude. Um, and then I think, yes, Mike, you are. Um, never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen. Hmm. Often manipulation comes from those who actually love us. That's what makes it such a struggle. Because it's people that think they have our best interest in hand. And we think that they have our best interest in hand. Right? And what we see in this moment is Peter overstepping and saying, but, but I have a better idea. I have a different idea. And, and even in their good intentions, what's happening here is they stand between you and what God wants for you. So important for us to stop and process this a little bit. And I'm praying the Holy Spirit is going to actually bring some realization to some of you here today of relationships. Where somebody is being manipulative, where somebody is saying things, where somebody's pulling you to the side and saying, ah, let's have a little conversation that, that maybe nobody else should hear. Because this is, this, this reality is going on, listen to me, in, in all of our lives. Fairly often. And it's part of why we continue to run around some of the same mountains. We continue to have some of the relation, same relational struggles. It's because we're not recognizing this or paying attention. So, so how do you know if you're being manipulated? Let me help you a little more. Number one, you often feel guilty 
and find it hard to say no. You often feel guilty and find it hard to say no. Listen to me. Then we're not making good logical decisions. We're making emotional decisions. Right? Again, remember the difference between logical thought process and emotional type of scenario. Number two is you compromise your values to please others. You compromise your values to please others. So how does it play out? Well, with, with, with our, with our girls, it plays out like this. Some little boy says, if you love me, and you can finish the rest of that sentence, right? If you, if you loved me, I thought we loved each other. What is, that's, that's manipulation. That's, that's, that's not healthy. That's not something that's going anywhere where it should go in this scenario. Um, your friends say, hey, come and go with us to the movies. What movie are you going to see? And the movie they choose, you kind of have this check inside of your heart. Like, I don't, I don't think I should probably be looking at that. I don't, I probably shouldn't be doing that. And you go, ah, no, come on, come on. Why won't you go with us? Ah, I just don't think it's the greatest thing. Oh, come on. What are you a goody goody now? Come go with us. And the next thing you know, you're in a, or maybe it's going to a club or going someplace where you, you know, inside of your heart, you're going, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be doing this scenario, but I'm allowing people around me to manipulate and pull me to that place. So several years ago, we had, we had a great time last night at our, 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 um, our appreciation dinner last night with the dream team. And we had the jazz band play. And, um, and so I got a chance to dance with each one of my girls. And several years ago, my wife said to me, Hey, um, I got a free ballroom dancing lesson. <laughs> to which I said, great, have a good time. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. But, but I, but I kind of thought that, right? I kind of thought ballroom dancing. Great. Um, I'm going to look so cute. Um, so we go to this ballroom dancing class and we ended up liking it so much. We bought a package. We signed up. We bought another package after that one and we continued to dance. Here's, listen to me. Here's what I loved about the ballroom dancing. Very first lesson. Very first lesson. He put, he brings Jen. He makes us put our hands in the right place and lines us all up like this, right? And this is exactly what he said. It was, it was awesome. Exactly what he said. He looked at her and he goes, you are the female. You follow. You are the man. You lead. And I got to tell you something. I'm not, that's not a sexist thing. That's just, that's just the reality of me leading the house. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like it's, 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 we are valuable. We're both as Jen is some days more valuable than me. It's not about value, but it is about role and the reality. And here's what he said to follow that up. If it doesn't happen like that, you're not going to be able to dance. And I was like, that's like a, that's like a marriage sermon. I mean, like literally Jen, you'll, she'll tell you, I was like, we're going to have a marriage event. I'm going to bring this guy. Everybody's going to learn how to ballroom dance. I I was, because I was just like, like. The, the, the thought of that reality and what I'm saying to you here today, listen to me is if you play your role in a healthy way and someone else is playing their role in a healthy way, well, then you can dance well. But if not, it's a disaster, right? Right? Like every once in a while, like, like, and I'll pick on Ayana. Ayana's not in here. Good. I'm going to pick on Ayana since she's not in here. So Ayana's is, is pretty strong headed of our, of our girls. She's pretty strong headed. Um, Stop clapping, Crescinda. But 
but she's pretty strong headed. And so when I was trying to teach Ayana to dance, right, she would start taking over or she would start assuming that she knew my next move. Do you understand what I mean? And I would be like, follow, stop trying to lead, follow, right? And I kept saying this over. And so you listen to me. When we are out of sync with someone, we are, when we are not in healthy relationship, playing the role that we have, then we're going to step all over each other's feet. We're not going to be able to do it in the way that God designed for us to do it. And so that's why we're doing this series. And that's why it's so critical for us to understand the reality of what it means to be manipulated and to manipulate. Number two. Number two. God, empower me to put healthy boundaries in place. Man, that's a prayer that I've been praying the last few days over all of you guys. That in some areas of our lives, every single one of us needs to consider this and put healthy boundaries. Let's see the rest of our story with Peter. Matthew 16 and 23. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. So here's the takeaway for today. If your mom or your grandma or you're somebody you're in a relationship is manipulating, just start calling them Satan. No, don't do that. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Try it and take a video. I just want to see the video. But no, 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 no. But listen, listen, listen. But what Jesus does in this moment, he makes this statement. And it's, that's pretty harsh. You're the devil. I mean, that's a pretty harsh statement to make, right? But listen, what he does is he recognizes in that moment that this is evil. This, this is not healthy. Right? And he recognizes the need to put a boundary in place. Get behind me, Satan. Listen, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind things of God, but things of men. You do not have in mind the things of God. You have in mind the things of men. Listen to me. There's, there's a very clear picture. When you're dealing with your relationship, does this person have in mind things of God or things of men? And it is very healthy for me to weigh their words based on that reality. Do you understand? Not my emotions, not the guilt trips, not all that. Some of us, some of the, in some of our relationships, we are doing, we are being manipulated to do things that, that don't help them or us. Like the more they manipulate, the unhealthier they are. And the more that we give in, the more unhealthy we are. We're just, we're going in the wrong direction. And so when you're being manipulated, let me give you a little bit of lesson. So we taught this in a parenting class, but we have come to learn that this works with everybody. This works with adults. This works with, with all adults and kids. When someone's trying to manipulate you, so let's pick a, you got a teenager and they're like, you know, why won't you get me this? So-and-so's got one, right? That's a manipulation tactic right? That's guilt. Okay. So here's what you do. Never, ever. Well, let me ask it this way. Anybody ever seen a Jerry Springer or a Montel Williams or Fox or CNN? Same thing. Um, you ever seen any one of those? Listen to me where at the end they all go, you're right. We're all on the same side. We're now in unity. You ever seen that? Never. Never, never, never. So why do we think when we have someone manipulating us that we are going to come up with the perfect words for a teenager to turn around and look at you and go, mom, 
You're so right, I will comply. (laughs) That's not happening. That is not happening. And when you're dealing with an adult who's trying to manipulate you, that's not going to happen. So listen to me. Let me give you a secret. Go brain dead. Stop trying to come up with the right argument. Stop trying to come up with a perfect. And you know what you can say all day long? I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah, but so-and-so said we could do it. I'm sorry you feel that way. But, but what about this? And if you, if you hang up the phone, then I'm gonna, I'm, I'm really sorry you feel that way. Listen to me, go brain dead. You're never, ever going to get that person. The only way, now listen to me, for those of you who have strong-willed children, I got some strong-willed children. I don't know if any of you guys have met my children. But I have some strong-willed children. Now, a lot of times if you're doing this with a teenager or a young child and you haven't been doing it and you start doing it, guess what? It's like breaking a horse. They're going to get a little wilder first before the horse breaks, which is also true in your adult relationships. That it's going to get, they're going to get, they're going to keep pushing because it's always worked before. They're going to keep pushing until they get what they want or they realize you're not going to bend. And then it'll break. It'll stop in that scenario. And so we've got to come to a place where we just put some boundaries. And I'm hoping as I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit maybe is bringing you some relationships right now that you realize they manipulate me. I try to argue with them. I try to go down that road. We keep going through the same thing over and over again. And I'm hoping what you'll do today is, is, is kind of change your pattern. What do we need to do? We need to learn to dance better. We need to be a better partner in the relationship, right? Like I, I need to play my part in the relationship, whether or not the other person is playing theirs accurately at the moment or not. All I have control of is me. And so in that scenario, man, I'm, I'm really sorry you feel that way. But, but I cannot be manipulated and pushed around. Listen to me. Biblical love is mutual submission. Did you catch that? Biblical love is mutual submission. Jen and I are mutually submitted to each other. Okay? We very much here at Church of the Lakes believe in the big word for it is complementarianism. In other words, that I'm the head of our household. Okay? Believe God designed it that way. But come on somebody, how many of you know that Jennifer Matheny is way smarter than me? I've said it before. When, 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 when it comes to something with the girls, like we're going to start talking about, you know, that woman's time. You know what I'm talking about? I don't have to say it, do I? Good, because I don't want to talk about it at home either. I'm like, mom, go take care of that. There are some things that she's going to do much, much better than dad's going to do, right? But listen to me, but there's a mutual submission that happens. And if we dance correctly, are you hearing me? If we dance correctly, if we play our roles in a healthy way, in mutual submission, guess what? It's really cool looking. It's really gratifying for both people. And so our goal in dealing with people who are manipulating or dealing with us being manipulators, our goal is to try to come to that healthy place of doing our part in the best possible way that we can. Does that make sense to anybody? Are you with me this morning? Sometimes I, I believe that God allows us to be in situations that are just tests. They're just tests. Like here, here's, here's 
what some of you are maybe not recognizing. That person at work that drives you insane, those people at work. God might be just looking down and seeing and waiting to see how you react to it. And seeing that if you'll deal with it in a certain way, then, then maybe he's ready to bless you in another way. You understand? Years ago, I got fired from South Point Baptist Fellowship. Pastor Ron, who fired me, was at our dinner last night. Okay? So, when Pastor Ron fired me, I had a get-behind-me-Satan moment. You ready? Had a guy come to me in the church. Guess what he did? Pulled me aside. Said, Pastor Mike, I got some people. We've got some funds. You start a church, we'll go with you. And man, did I feel this moment. Like, it felt evil. Like, I I just remember feeling that moment. I went, hey, man, I so appreciate that strokes my ego. That is so cool, but that's just not something God's called me to do. Here's what I believe. Look around the room. Look at what God's allowed us to do in two years. Do you know why? Because there was a test he gave me a long time ago. And that's just one. A test that he's given along the way to see, can I trust you? Because I want to bless and help you to do more, but I need to trust you. And that's what's going on in each and every one of your lives right now. Some of you have manipulators and people, and all you want to do is get rid of them. And God is watching how you deal with them in a healthy way because he's seeing your character. And if you're ready for the next blessing that he has for you. Right? The next opportunity. That's why this is so important that we talk about this today and that we deal with this. He's watching and wants to see and, and give you whatever that is that he has next for you. Your dream job is, is on the other side of some manipulator that's in your life right now. That, that thing that you've been asking for is on the other side of the route because I believe when you look through the Bible... What you see over and over and over again is if-then statements. If you do this, God will do that. If you do this, God will... It's obedience, right? And so part of what we're doing here is we're trying to be obedient in the way we love people and trying to talk about some of the most difficult people we deal with in our lives. Number three, number three. I'm going to close this out here. God, help me see my own need to control and surrender everything to you. Help me to see my own need to control and surrender everything to you. So I'll I'll be happy to, to stand on the stage and say it. You don't have to say it this morning in front of everybody, but I'm a little bit of a control freak. Anybody else struggle with that a little bit? That, 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 that if I'm honest and if I'm not careful then the way that I look at you and the church is, is that God loves you and Pastor Mike has a plan for your life. Right? Like I, like I look at my kids. Or like I look at those people that I work with. And, and, and so I was thinking about why. Why do I have these control issues? Why do we struggle continually with these control issues? And here's what I think, number one. Number one, I think I and, and we... We're afraid to let anybody else have control. It's fear. It's fear, right? There's, there's a fear inside of us. And how many of you know nobody can do it as well as you can do it? <laughs> right? When this is what God's word says, I mean for you to train and let other people do it badly while they learn to do it as well as you. 
Like that's, that's the frustration, right? Here's the other hard, nasty thing that God said to me that I'll say to you this morning about why I control things. It's because I think I'm smarter than God. Because we think this is not the way this should go. And we are no different than Peter. <laughs> Pulling Jesus to the side, saying, let me, let me explain it to you. And what I need you to hear this morning, and what the Holy Spirit said to me is, I'd like to use you, but I don't need you. That's a healthy place. That's a, that's a healthy stance to dance in, in this relationship. Are you following me? Right? That, that he doesn't have to use me. He, he doesn't have to use you. He doesn't, he doesn't need us. But, but the love that Marcus sang about the, today and what we sang about as we said, I love you and you love me. I mean, when you think about the whole worship set, we were talking about dancing with him correctly. In other words, having relationship with him in a healthy way where I recognize, God, you're number one. And I'm nowhere near as smart. And the the scripture tells us his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So no matter what situation you are in right now, listen to me. God has a plan. He already had a plan. If we could let go and say, God, forgive me for trying to control all of this. Forgive me for trying to control my marriage or my kids or my job, my work and my business, all these things that we feel all this pressure to try to fix and recognize I'm a servant. God, what do you want me to do today? And the scripture says to be led by the spirit, right? Not to be led by the will, (laughs) not, not to be led by what Mike thinks, but to led by the Spirit. And so what I want to encourage you and I implore you with today is maybe to be honest with yourself about some of your relationships that you've been unhealthy because you've allowed people to manipulate you. And you, you need to put some boundaries. You need to recognize it. Put some boundaries. Go brain dead. Sorry you feel that way, but I'm not caving in. I'm going to put some boundaries in my life. But then also that we would stop and recognize how manipulative we are to each other, right? How manipulative I can be to my wife because I want, I want my wife to do what I want. (laughs) Anybody else? You want, you want your kids to do what you want them to do. You want your friends to do what you want them to do. And that's a control thing all based in fear foundation of that is a lack of understanding how big and loving and amazing your God is. So the foundation we have to put down today is a reminder. God's sovereign sitting on the throne. Amazing. Has, he's, he's omnipotent. All powerful. Omnipresent everywhere all the time. He can hear everybody's prayers at the same time and yet he's personal. I mean, he's so far beyond our ability to even express words right now. And yet we allow fear 
and manipulation of people around us to get between us and who God says we are and what he wants us to do in our life. And my prayer today is that we break some of those bondages. We break that own bondage inside of our own lives of trying to control and get our way. We're great in church. We do this in church. Like you have a certain preference of the way that we would have the style of worship or the style of music or a style of this. So I'm going to I'm going to pull Pastor Mike aside for a moment. Come on. Right? Like we, we do this to each other. So can I ask you, can we pray together today? I'm going to pray two specific prayers. One is, God help us to recognize manipulation and set boundaries. But number two, God would you forgive me? Help me to trust you on such a level that I don't feel the need to manipulate everyone and all the situations around me. Does that make sense to anybody this morning? And let's pray and ask God to help us with that this morning. Father God, you are so good. So good. We are so grateful for your continual passion for us, love for us, (laughs) patience with us. God, we come today. Would you give us wisdom? I know there are probably some here today that even to talk about the manipulative behaviors of of other people in our lives stirs fear even, stirs guilt, stirs all kinds of things that the enemy could use in a bad way. But would you help us, God, to recognize it for what it is, to still love them, but to love them by putting boundaries in place, healthy boundaries in that relationship. And then God, we all acknowledge We consistently grab the reins. We consistently try to lead this whole thing that is our life instead of following you. And so would you help us, God, be honest with ourselves about the control that we have, the fear that we have. Would you make yourself so real to us, God, that we can lay that foundation of trust and not base our relationships and reactions upon fear and control. Would you heal our hearts? and our minds in this area. God, if there's anybody here today who has never accepted you as their Lord and Savior, I pray you would give them the strength today to pray a simple prayer confessing you as Lord and asking you to forgive them of their sins. We thank you, God. We love you so, so much.